Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World, I am really excited. My favorite restaurant in the entire world, and I've had a chance to sample a lot all over the place, is L'Auberge Chez Francois in Great Falls, Virginia. The ambiance, the staff, the food are just extraordinary. And every time Chris and I go out there, we are once again reminded what an amazing place it is. And one of the keys to its being so amazing is our guest today, Chef Jacques Herringer, the executive chef and the owner. L'Auberge Chez Francois is a legendary place. Chez Francois, of course, was his father, Francois, and Jacques himself has added to it by creating a restaurant inside the restaurant that we'll get him to talk about a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, but first, I can't have Chef Jacques Herringer here without having him tell you the amazing story about his father and how they first opened Chez Francois, which is an authentic Alsatian restaurant. It's not just French, it's Alsatian. And they're very clear about this. They first opened it near the White House in Washington in 1954, and then it ultimately goes out to Great Falls at a time when Great Falls was the wilderness. So, Jacques, as you know, I think of you as a very dear friend. And share with us for a couple of minutes your father's journey. Certainly. My parents came in 47. Dad was in the French Army. But after the war, he and my mother came over. And he worked 
because his uncle, my great uncle Jacques, was here who used to work with Escoffier in London. There's this long family history of chefs. And my uncle also had Herringer's Buffeteria on 14th Street. That was a long time ago. So he came over to work with them. They didn't get along, the two brothers. What a surprise, Alsatian hard hits. And my dad was hired to go to the Summit Hotel in Pennsylvania to be the chef there. When he was about to go there, the gentleman from the Summit Hotel said, hey, I'm going to my uncle's place in Ketchikan, Alaska. Do you all want to go? So my parents went to Ketchikan. I was actually born there. It wasn't the state at the time. And they stayed there for about a year and a half. My mother never liked it. She was in the southwestern part of France. Like the warmer weather, they came back to Washington. He took over as chef at the Three Musketeers restaurant, which was 818 Connecticut Avenue, that last block of Connecticut Avenue between Lafayette Park and Farragut Square. And he took over as the owner in 1954. You have to share just for a second. You have on the wall at the restaurant the original menu and the price. I don't know if you can do this off the top of your head, but it's hysterical for those of us who are living through inflation. Well, in those days, dinner was a dollar fifty. This one, a dollar was a dollar. We had the Peace Corps right next to us. The building next door was the Peace Corps. And so they'd come to happy hour and order one beer or so and eat all the canapes. We were very happy to support the Peace Corps. We saw the Shrivers, the Kennedys. We've had every president since Truman except, unfortunately, the Obamas and the Trumps, but they're around, and we hope to have an unbroken string and have the honor. It's always an honor to serve the president, and we hope to have them at some point. But so we have a long history of kings and queens and politicians and presidents and just plain folks, which is really our bread bread and butter. If I remember correctly, your father had for lunch a tuna fish sandwich for 15 cents. Yeah, it was something like that. It was very inexpensive, and we were close to the White House, so we had everyone you can think of. There's a couple of books during the Watergate period called The Watergate Gourmet, where Ehrlichman and, and company would have lunch. Everyone you can think of has had lunch, but we, everyone's known but not noticed, so we try to keep it that way. So your dad was down there for well over a decade, but then he decides to go to Great Falls. I mean, that had to be almost into the wilderness at that point. He'd always wanted to do a country in because when he was an apprentice in Alsace, he worked in Kaisersburg, and it was a country in type of thing. Kaisersburg is kind of famous because Dr. Albert Schweitzer was born there. So he always wanted to do that, and he owned a property in Great Falls. And eventually we understood that they were going to tear down the whole block. BOAC was on the corner. As I said, the Peace Corps was next to us. We were in the Claridge Hotel. So in 75, the whole block was demolished, and we knew about it and had already purchased what was then the Riverbend Country Store in Great Falls. And we were closed downtown, I guess, for about six months and opened there in April of 76. So we've been there 45 years. I was 10 when I started there. Would you believe 12? No, I'll take 10. Listen. (laughs) Thank you. You're too kind. Anyway. (laughs) You're like my daughters. You're an example of child labor 
growing up and actually learning from the experience? Well, I started working downtown when I was 11 in summers. You know, during the summer, I would work first as a sandwich maker and then a cook, etc. Went to France after I graduated from college. And when we came back, we opened the Lobert again in 1976. The first night, we were way understaffed. It reminds one of today where staffing is an issue. We didn't have enough food. Papa could not say no to so many of his friends. And we had the first seating. We got through it. We limped through it, if you will. And then mercifully, somebody up there has been looking out for us ever since. A thunderstorm came down the Potomac, knocked out the power, and we sent everyone home, including at that time, Washington team's coach George Allen and many other notables that night. So that was our first night in Great Falls, and we've been going strong ever since and made it through COVID as well. And I understand Nancy Reagan actually celebrated her birthday at La Berge. Mrs. Reagan was there a few times. Again, we've had many, many notables, presidents, and Mick Jagger. I mean, just to name a few, we don't do too much name dropping, but we've had just about everyone you can think of were blessed, uh, Supreme Court justices, and just plain folks. Did you learn more from your trip to France to study French food or just from working with your dad? Oh, definitely working with dad. He was a tremendous chef, tough taskmaster, definitely learned a lot from him. But going to France and then working in other restaurants in Washington, I used to work at Jean-Pierre, used to work at Tiberio and some other places in between the demolishing the restaurant downtown and building it out in Great Falls to broaden the base. So definitely Papa was the biggest influence. And he was the boss right up to the end. Chris and I are both just tremendous fans, both of you as a person and also of your restaurant and of your invention of you have La Berche Francois, you now have Jacques Brasserie, which is not necessarily lower cost to the best of my knowledge because it's almost the same menu, but it's downstairs, it's casual. It's a la carte, so it can be lower cost. Upstairs is more like table d'hôte where you have the six-course meal. And, of course, all the wealthiest people in Great Falls eat downstairs. I tease them. I get it. I go, oh, yeah, John, fuel for the plane. I get it. But it's such a great casual neighborhood feeling to it. And I'm curious because I know you occasionally go off to places like Argentina to increase your bird collection. <laughs> you got to come with me. I'm always fascinated. I have the same conversation occasionally with Patrick O'Connell down at the end of Washington. Who used to work for us. He did? Yeah. Great guy. Wonderful job. Yeah. In my mind, the two of you stand above virtually every other restaurant experience I've had in the U.S. Well, that's very kind of you, sir. I'm fascinated because both of you have this ability to create a culture where your staff rises to your standard. And I'm curious, how do you do that? There's something I think everybody who's ever tried to run an organization wishes they could have the skill you have at doing that? Well, interesting question. The brasserie came about when I went to France after actually dad died and noticed that a lot of restaurants had a gastronomic dining room, but around the corner or in the same building, they had a pub-like, a brasserie-type place, which it's kind of a symbiotic relationship between the two. So we're able to do things downstairs and use product that we couldn't use necessarily upstairs. So that's been very good. As far as the staff, 
every month my accountant tells me that my labor costs are too high and the benefits are too high, you know, on and on and on. That's his job. But that's dad's way of doing things. You know, our restaurant business is known for grinding up people, pun intended. And we've tried to maintain, and as you know, you come there, we have the same people for decades, some of them. You have to treat people properly. And I think that's a good business practice. It's not just being a nice guy. Everybody has a living wage. We have the 401ks, paid vacation, health care. We've always had that. And I think that's one of the secrets to our success. If you have to train someone every other day, great big turnover, you can't have a successful. And that guillotine that I have out back doesn't hurt anything either. Well, I can't tell if that's for the staff or the customers. Well, for both. Since we've opened back up, it's actually for the customers as well. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Well, it certainly has limited the number of times Calista and I have complained. I mean, we thought, <laughs> is this bad enough we want to risk the guillotine? <laughs> it works. <laughs> but you do something else out back that is amazing, and which you do videos about, which we have to tell people so they can go look at them. You actually raise a large part of your own vegetables. We do. We have two gardens. Dad started a very small garden, which over time the trees grew up and became too shady. So we moved it out a bit into the field. And then I'm a big gardener, always enjoyed it. And so we enlarged the bottom garden. Then we put in a much larger garden. Clearly, after too many glasses of wine one evening, I said, you know, I really need a big garden out there. So we have over three quarters of an acre, and I really love the garden. And it is true, Mr. Speaker, that I go out there when the terraces are full in the summer with a basket and pick a few things and come in through the dining room and go, oh, Newt, you ordered that salad, didn't you? Well, here it is, shameless self-promotion. No, but the amazing thing with it is, I mean, when you talk about fresh food, Oh, it's right out of the garden, and I get in trouble with some of my chef friends who have these mythical, uh-oh, garden, you know, farms here and there. And we work with over 40 organic farms as well, but actually a large part during the season of our vegetables are right out of the garden. And we recycle all the eggshells, coffee grounds. We do composting. All the leaves from the many trees all go into the garden. So we're very proud of the garden, and people love it. We do garden tours during the season, and it's really nice. There's no comparison to go out and pick right, you know, what you have. We also grow hops. Our brewery partners, Lost Rhino, make beer for us. So we do a lot of fun things with the garden as well. So I'm curious in this three-quarters of an acre garden that you had, what do you actually grow there? Well, we start out with the cold-weather crops. We'll start in March, and, you know, you'll have the cabbages and the collards and the kales of the salad, arugula, etc., the greens specifically, and then you'll move into, as soon as the first frost date goes by, let's say May 1st, you'll start with the tomatoes and the peppers and the warm weather. We did about 210 tomato plants, some heirlooms, some other varieties. People love our tomato salad, so we'll do that. We had a lot of peppers this year. The haricovea, the French green beans, the slender red green beans, will grow a lot of those. So you get through all the warm weather crops. So you start out with the cold weather crops, and then we do intensive gardening, and then later you'll plant in between those rows, you'll plant the warm weather crops. And then the same thing will happen now in the fall. 
in September, we'll plant the greens. Most of our salads right now are out of the garden. So we have spinach, arugula, a mixed salads, etc., out of our garden. And many will winter over. And the good news is that even once it gets very cold, you'll still get some salad. And the spinach will go dormant. But by St. Patrick's Day, we're getting bushels of spinach because that has wintered over. So for almost year-round, there's something out of the garden. Do you have any challenge with deer? No, because I have a big eight-foot metal fence. (laughs) Okay. That's not a problem. And then we have a chicken wire around the bottom occasionally you'll get a groundhog or squirrels no real issues with deer there are a lot of them but because of the high fence we no problem you're in good shape yeah great shape to divert for a half second you have souffles you've always had since i've been here souffles i'm guessing that goes back to your dad and has been sort of a family tradition it's a signature dish And we love selling flavored air. You know, that's kind of a joke there. I've had enough of your souffles that my waist has assured me it is not just flavored air. But they're very light. They're very light. (laughs) The problem with souffles is that you need uh, dedicated ovens and dedicated because the timing. We always say in France that the customer has to wait for the souffle. The souffle can't wait for the customer. When the souffle is ready, it has to go out to the table. So it's one of our signature dishes. Probably 35, 40% of the folks get a souffle. You order it at the beginning of your meal. At the beginning, because it does take time to prepare. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xu mo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
to me it's fascinating, and I'm curious, obviously you can't produce everything in-house, how much has the logistics supply chain problem made it more complicated to get fresh food the way you want it, and particularly seafood, it seems to me, as I go to various restaurants? Well, seafood, believe it or not, isn't so bad because we've always used FedEx, UPS, etc. We've always, or for many, many decades now, received food from the source, especially seafood. The Dover sole, you call them up in the next afternoon, you have them, for instance. So seafood hasn't been as big a problem as meat, for instance, has been a little bit more a problem. And so many things you can't get because the food chain disruptions are crazy. And then there was the labor shortages where people were not picking things, not harvesting things. I couldn't find chocolate there for a few weeks. Our famous plum pie, can't get any plums right now. Hazelnuts are not available. So we've had to maneuver through the menu, change the menu, and it's okay. Sometimes you get a little stodgy, so we've had to be a little bit more creative. But there are certain things that you certainly cannot get. Back to seafood, crab meat went up to $60 a pound at one point. I mean, it's insane. Well, most of the restaurants I go to do not have calamari. And we'll tell you they haven't had it for several months. No, it's hard to get. And it depends. There's no logic to why you can't get this. Well, you can't unload container ships. There aren't people to pick or go fishing. There are not enough truck drivers. I mean, this whole chain of events. And I don't think it's going to get any better anytime sooner. I mean, segueing towards Thanksgiving for a second, I checked with one of the largest turkey growers in America. I mean, a guy who raises a huge volume of turkeys. And he said, oh, the problem is not going to be turkeys. The problem is going to be we can't get enough staff to cull them young enough, and they keep growing. So we're not going to have enough smaller turkeys that people want to buy, but we're going to have lots of big turkeys. And he said the net effect is the price of the kind of turkey the average family wants to buy is going to go up, and the availability is going to go down. But if you're willing to cook a 20-pound turkey, you're going to be in good shape. It's crazy. We're fortunate we have Jesse Strait, who owns Whiffle Tree Farm in Warrenton, supplies our turkey and was kind enough to let us put in our order well in advance. So they'll be coming in actually in a day or two. But you have a big enough oven, you could actually cook a pretty good-sized turkey. Well, well, we have no problem. We have plenty of oven. We have a very large kitchen. I'm curious, you know, what size turkey do you like cooking for your guests? We like a 16 to 18 pounder at the most possible. And Jesse's is supplying those, so we're very happy. They're organic. I mean, and they do cost more. There's no question about well, it. I'm one of those guys who childishly loves turkey legs. goes back to my childhood. Turkey leg was the high point of my Thanksgiving when I'd go with my relatives and I'd whine until they gave me a turkey leg. Right. Well, so many people want the breast meat, which I don't think is as moist at all, but whatever, you know, whatever people want, we try to supply and supply the best that we can get. Cranberries are in short supply. I saw a note that there's like 40% fewer. We were able to get chestnuts this year. It was a little trickier than usual. Just everything is a little more difficult, definitely a lot more expensive. Just a lot more. Do you have a purchasing agent or do you do most of that? I do a lot of it. I mean, every morning or at least every other morning, I'll get the bid sheets. One of my chefs, Chef Freddie, will do most of the buying, but I'll make most of the major decisions on the menus. 
We've had to work at it a little bit more. And at the end of the day, that's okay. It's made us a little more efficient, a little bit more aware of costs. It's the labor costs that are the real killer, if you will. It's just been very difficult. We have a very loyal staff. Most of them came back, but they all wanted a bit more, understandably, because there's so much demand. Everyone's looking for staff, so we've had to ante up there a bit. And the menu prices you know, have gone up. There's no question about that. But it's either that or go out of business. So, I mean, you know, this is, at the end of the day, a business. Yeah, and I think a lot of Americans don't connect the fact that when you raise the price of gasoline and diesel fuel, this is a truck-delivered country. Our economy really runs on trucks. All of them then have to buy gasoline or diesel fuel. So guess what? Their costs go up. Well, I mean, we all want alternative energy or clean energy at some point, and that's fine, and we should phase it in. But I think we're doing it a little too quickly. We're trying to ram it down people's throats, and I think it's going to have very bad consequences. I mean, people are going to not have the power that they need. We're not going to have the transportation system that we need. We all want certain things, but we have to be prudent about getting there without getting too political here. No, but in a free society, it's not a good idea to punish people into changing their behavior. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The U.S. government has indicated 
that this will be the most expensive Thanksgiving in history. The Farm Bureau predicts that the average cost of Thanksgiving dinner will be up at least 5%. And turkey is more expensive largely because the price of corn, which most commercial turkeys feed on, more than doubled from July 2020 to 21. And turkeys between 8 and 16 pounds cost 25 cents per pound more than they did a year ago. Birds between 16 and 24 pounds are about 21 cents per pound more. So it's kind of wild. Now, I realize that the obvious answer would be everybody should go to La Berge, but when you get full and they can't get in, what's your advice if you are out there on a budget trying to create a really good Thanksgiving? How do you do that? Turkey is more expensive, but it's still a lot more reasonable. Let's not get too carried away here. than, for instance, filet mignon or a good steak. Filet mignon right now, a whole tenderloin with the fat on it and the silver skin, it's in the $20 a pound range. So I think that you could always do chicken, although chicken is not much cheaper. I think get a whole turkey, obviously, because if you're buying the breast, for instance, a lot of people buy just the breast, that's going to be a lot more expensive. So do the whole bird. And if you get a big bird and you'll have leftovers, well, you'll have turkey sandwich or two for an extra day, and that'll cut your (laughs) food costs down overall. But we don't want people cooking at home, obviously. It's not good for business. (laughs) Your first suggestion is call a bears. Yeah, really. We're full. We're totally full, and we're totally sold out on our carryout. That's amazing. You're already full for Thanksgiving. So if somebody can't get in because you're already booked, what do you think of in terms of what people can do in a normal kitchen as kind of the perfect Thanksgiving dinner? Well, I'm still sticking with turkey, although I have many friends who are not that crazy about turkey who will do a pork roast. We often have that as well. And sauerkraut, we don't have it on the menu all the time now, but a nice chucrut, an Alsatian sauerkraut with the sausages. Our friends at Wiffletree Farm make wonderful sausages that would go great with a sauerkraut. That'd be a traditional Alsatian type of feast. They don't do Thanksgiving, obviously, but that's an easy one. You can buy the sauerkraut and you can buy the sausages. And that would be a lower cost, speaking of lower costs. Very nutritious. Sauerkraut is wonderful for you. Captain Cook, on his voyages around the world, kept sauerkraut in the hold because it has so much vitamin C. Very nourishing. And then with some nice sausages, lower cost, easy to prepare. That might be a fun dish to do. That's great. And it relates to our part of France. So I'm curious. Let's say you do either turkey, pork. I'm kind of surprised you didn't suggest a ham. Yeah, ham as well. That's sort of in the pork category, yeah. So whatever you had as a main meat, what are the kind of sides you personally really like for Thanksgiving? Well, I like to do my mother-in-law's no-cook cranberry sauce. It's in our cookbook. It's very easy to do. We do chestnut stuffing traditionally. In Europe, chestnut stuffing goes with game as well as deer and pork. It certainly goes well with pork. We'll do sweet potatoes. We'll do a pumpkin mousse cake. It won't be a pumpkin pie, but we'll do a pumpkin mousse cake. Brussels sprouts. Some of the traditional sides, but I especially like the chestnut stuffing. Yeah, now, my relatives in Pennsylvania always made pumpkin pie. Why do you prefer a pumpkin mousse cake? Well, you know, if it's a pumpkin pie, it's two ninety-five. If it's le, la mousse de citron 
de Lobel's, it's 1995. Hey, that's how it goes in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we all got here, Mr. Got Speaker. <laughs> got it. That's a great answer. I'd forgotten. You do have a cookbook. We do have two cookbooks as well and a show. We did a show on PBS for three years, so we have that available as well. So, Jacques, what are your two books? We have the original Chez Francois cookbook, which are my dad's recipes that he bought, many handwritten, brought back from France. And we've come up with a new edition of that last year. So that's the Chez Francois cookbook. And we also have the Two for Tonight cookbook, since we've been voted most romantic restaurant for many years on various platforms. And so those are all recipes for two, as well as the companion volume to our PBS series, also known as Two for Tonight. So on our show page, we need to have both those cookbooks and a link to buy them. That's very kind. Well, no, that way people can pretend they're you, and they can get in the kitchen and try it out. And again, we don't write cookbooks so people will cook at home. We write cookbooks so people will see it on the shelf and say, hey, you haven't been there lately. There you go. (laughs) One of my jokes. No, no, it's hardly a joke. Listen, I know how busy you guys get. We're blessed. We are blessed that we've been this busy for 45 years. It's been a good business for the family, and we got through COVID, and it's even busier. So somebody up there is looking out for us, so we're blessed. Chris and I look forward to dining with you in the near future, and I thank you again for allowing us to have this great Thanksgiving conversation. This has been a great honor. We appreciate the opportunity. It's always a pleasure. And You know, when you come in, we can say hi and goodbye, et cetera, but we don't get a chance to chat. So uh, it's good to do that. And I want you two to come over and have dinner with us so we can sit down and relax and talk a bit, you know, not during the hustle bustle. So we'll put that on the calendar soon as well. And you have a happy Thanksgiving and very Merry Christmas and happy holidays. And I wish you a wonderful new year. And I think knowing your personality is going to be a fun new year. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Thank you very much. Thank you to my guest, Chef Jacques Herringer. You can get a link to his restaurant, L'Auberge Chez Francois, on our show page at newtsworld.com, and I highly recommend it. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.